I wanted to have something like that that I could make coffee drinks with. I thought I would do more with it, but it's kind of my Sunday morning drink. Like if I, I'll drink K-cups or pour-overs or air press during the week or Japanese diced, you know, depending on the temperature. But on a Sunday morning, I've kind of designated that as my espresso day. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, your one-stop shop for everything that you need to know about coffee. And when I say everything, I mean everything. And so last week we talked about K-Cups, shocker. And this week, especially for all you Europeans out there, we are talking about Nespresso. Ooh. And Katie... You and I have to be honest, yes. we we can talk with a little more authority about Nespresso than yeah. K-Cups. I used Nespresso yesterday. What? Actually, I know. Pretty crazy. Okay, tell me about it. What'd you do? Um, I just used a 2.7 ounce pod sort of thing. Stuck which it is, in there. Which is a, quote, double shot. We'll yes. get into if that's a double shot or not yes. in the show. And, I mean, I like it. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I always dress mine up. I don't drink it straight. Okay. Um, but it's good. It's easy. It's nice if you're in a hurry. Because used to, at the house, the only way we can make coffee was drip, mm-hmm. and it took a minute. So, like, if I was, like, trying to get to... But it was drip. Yes. It was good. Like, like drip. Yeah. Uh, don't. Go there. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. No. Um... But, yeah, it, like, took a minute. It took, like, at least 10 minutes to sort of do everything yeah. all together. But this is easy. You just stick it in there. You put some milk in it. It's nice. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I like it a lot. It is. You know, that's one of the big things, and we'll talk about it, is convenience. And so you can't, I think a lot of times in specialty coffee, we ignore and poo-poo the poo-poo. convenience factor uh-huh. that then a lot of times sacrifices quality. Yeah. Um, But you have, I mean, when you look at the numbers, though, and you look at how many people use a single serving type of thing, whether that be Nespresso or Keurig or something like that, um, it's a good chunk of coffee drinkers. And so um, we don't want to deny talking, you know, with them in detail. Right. um, About you know, how they do it and how they can do it better and, and uh, stuff like that. And we will also say, which we said last time, and we'll say again, and we'll say several times during especially these two episodes, is if you like your cup, then thumbs up. Like, don't feel like because you don't want a um, naturally processed Costa Rican light roast coffee that's a pour over that you're, you're any lesser of a coffee drinker. Yeah. We're we're happy. Katie and I are happy if you're just I drink the whole range. Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Yeah, I mean I'm I mean it's I'm I'm not past pulling a quote double shot from an espresso. No. <laughs> but um it might not be my favorite, but but it's to me it's a lot more palatable yeah. than some of the other ways that for single serve it can be made. But we have Jay back uh, this week. Yay, Jay. We're talking to him. Um, 
And uh, the reason I got him on for both of these shows is because he has a K-cup and an espresso machine, mm-hmm. which Nespresso doesn't have a lot of the market in the U.S., which is where we are. Right. Um, it's Italian. Yeah, but but uh, but they dominate the European single serve market. Nice. Um, and in uh, America, we have George Clooney. So yeah, but he's their spokesperson. Yeah, Nespresso. That's right. Uh huh. But even when he's even over in Europe, he's their spokesperson. But he's American. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yes, he is. You're right. We do have George well, Clooney. We can we can claim him. Okay. So, all right, let's get to the episode with Jay and talking about Nespresso and why you maybe you should consider getting one. Did I just say that? All right, Jay, I got you back on the show. Good to be back. Yep. So last week we talked about K-Cups. And so perfect segue into more pods a or tinier, capsules. A tinier, shinier pod. Yes. yes literally. Yes. Liter- literally. Um, and uh, so this week we're going to talk about Nespresso. And I'll be honest, like I feel like even though obviously y'all can tell I'm American um, and K-Cup and Keurig dominate U.S. market, I personally feel more comfortable and at home talking about Nespresso than I do K-Cups. And why is that? The Just the whole espresso scene, what you can do with an espresso? I don't know. I, mean, I, I think maybe of the two, it was the one that if I had to pick two that I gravitated to at first, and that might be because... Um, my, if I had to choose between like a double shot espresso or a cup of drip coffee, uh-huh. a lot of times I'm going to pick a espresso. Right. Makes sense. And that's just me. And you can't really get that with a, um, K cup. And, right. and as we will, as we will allude to, and ultimately probably say in this episode, you may not even be able to get that with a Nespresso, but it is marketed that way. Marketed quite well, actually, yeah. Yes. And so what? tell me, what what have your experiences been with Nespresso? I know you've probably used it longer than I have. I've got one. I've had it for quite a few years. Uh, my introduction to it, of course, I'd seen the advertisements, but I had a, a, some friends in Virginia. And you're a Clooney fan. Well, to to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> to a degree, yeah. Uh, I've had, he didn't persuade me to buy one. But even even when he was on one of those little moped-looking things? Uh, even then. Okay. Even All then, right, yes. Go ahead. I, was, Sorry. I think I was a pre-Clooney adoptee. Um, <laughs> I, found, I, I saw it at a friend's house, basically. They had a little nice little coffee station. Espresso was one of their things, and I just kind of went uh, – I wouldn't say head over heels, but I was very intrigued by it. But I'll be honest, I kind of waited until I, you know, I found a a machine that was a little bit more affordable. I found a deal with the with the machine. It also came with the the milk frother mm. uh, package. Yeah. Um, so I I waited till I could find one because they they vary in price. Even now, if you go to the website and look at the prices, they they top out about eight hundred fifty dollars. And the Which bottom, is not cheap. It is not, and I think the lowest one on the site is two twenty nine. The one I've got is the DeLonghi version, 
Okay. And you can get it for about $134 on Amazon. But but anyway, I just I wanted to have something like that that I could make coffee drinks with. I thought I would do more with it than yeah. I actually do. But it's kind of my Sunday morning drink. Like if I I'll drink K cups or pour overs or air press during the week or Japanese diced, you know, depending on the temperature of the day. Um, but on a Sunday morning, I've kind of designated that as my Nespresso day. So okay. it may be a Cortado, maybe a, my version of a, of a cappuccino or, or whatever, but it's, it's very, uh, I have a, some pretty cool little espresso cups, you know, little glass things that fit just right. Yeah. Also use little mason jars a lot of times. And, yeah. Or um, shot glasses. Yeah. Well, I'll put that in a, um, I'll get my creamer or milk steamed or heat it up and, and froth it. And then I'll put my Nespresso straight into that. Okay. Sunday morning drink. So as a tangent, so tell me, tell me about the, tell me about the frother because like, I don't, I, I don't have a frother at home. I've got one of those things that'll, that'll like whip it up. Um, it's like a little battery powered thing. That's, with, I have that too. With yeah. like cold. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess if you heated it and then did it, but like, yeah, I've got that little frother attached or no, this is no, it's not attached. You can get them that way. Uh-huh. Mine's a separate deal and you, Put the milk in. It's got this tiny little spring-looking thing in the bottom, and that froths it up. And you get it works very well. Does it, it heat it up? You can either do it cold or hot. Okay, you get hot foam or cold foam. Um, I got gotcha. you. I guess cold foam. There may be another trick to that, but as far as the steamed the froth, you can yeah. get it cold or hot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So so you have the DeLonghi, DeLonghi version. Yeah, which is kind of an interesting concept with Nespresso compared to I think Keurig is that. Nespresso, I don't know, this may not be the right word, but contracts out where there's half a dozen different companies that make Nespresso mm-hmm. machines. They're still Nespresso machines, right? but different companies manufacture them or put their name on it or however that works. Right, yeah. And mine is, do you know if yours is in that uh, Virtuo line? It's or? not. Okay. No, it's the original. Okay, okay. So one difference and and like usual um and you know for our one-on-oneers y'all would know um you know what we usually do um and uh on the podcast here we usually try to go into a little bit of history and so we'll get that in a second but as a um kind of teaser on that uh nespresso was in like pretty much dominates dominates the potter capsule market in Europe, and we'll talk about that. But trying to get into the American market, which in in Europe it's the the default is more espresso. The American market is more the default is drip coffee, um, and that machine was not designed for drip coffee. Definitely not. But <clears throat> but they but this they have a new or new to us like line. Um, which has helped them in the U.S., which is like their Virtuo um, line. And Does what it, it have more settings as far as sizes go? Yeah, so you can do you can do your single or your double shot, but you can also do um, like a, a straight up cup of drip coffee. Huh. Okay. And you can even do like they call like an XL, like a you know. So you can go you can go pretty high up in um, sizes like the. I'm, I'm I saw to that. I didn't realize it had so many settings. Mine just has the, I, I don't know if it's a single shot or a 
dopio. That's the word I just learned. Yeah, dope, um, yeah, yeah. And a lungo. So I have a lungo button and then yeah. a, a regular button, and that's pretty much what mine does. Yeah. So this will do. The one that I have specifically is called Virtua Plus, um, and it'll do quote, and I'm going to quote mm-hmm. single shot, double shot, a lungo, a um, it'll do a regular. Um, it's about an eight ounce cup of coffee and then this one does not do a excel or like a even higher than that ounce but they do have ones in that virtuo line like the um virtuo next and some others that will do even bigger you know pods and 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 they actually have i mean it's different size pods as opposed to k-cups where you have okay. one size fits all and you're magically making a six ounce or a 12 ounce, but you're still using the same amount of ground coffee. Mm-hmm. This has right. different sizes. And the cool thing, okay. and I'm giving away a lot of what we probably should be talking about in the history, but like one of the cool things is, um, well, cool. And we'll talk about how it could potentially be bad in a second. Um, about, the Nespresso and these pods is it has a UPC label on the outer rim that the machine reads. Okay. And so it knows if it should be pulling like three ounces or if it should be pulling like eight ounces. Okay. Well, that's a technology uh, bump up from yes. regular. <laughs> yes. 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 It's way up. Even um, up from my, from my espresso machine. Yeah. Yes. Um, but let's, let's kind of jump back and, you know, let's just kind of go back and forth a little bit, um, about, you know, the history and kind of where Nespresso came from, you know, it's, it's of Nestle, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you think about stuff like, um, what's the name of the, isn't there like a chocolate powder or Nesquik, Nesquik or Nespresso or, there's something else. Well, there's just Nestle chocolate. Yeah. Uh, that whole thing. Yeah. Anything that has like a name and then they throw an N at the beginning of it. Right. Well, there's Nescafe. Nescafe. Yep. Those. So these are all like part of what we would call the Nestle group. Right. Um, and uh, so they're based in Switzerland. And um, I think... Uh, Am I wrong? Do are most of the machines made in Switzerland, or were they historically? Or at least in the beginning, uh, three different manufacturing facilities in Switzerland was where most of the machines were made, and maybe most, if not all, of the pods. That's right. Yeah, I think all the pods are are roasted, ground, and encapsulated in Switzerland in three different factories um, within Switzerland, Um, and I can tell you. You know, good thing about Switzerland is, I mean, they're pretty strict, just like Canada some is is on like, you know, cleanliness and the technicalities of, um, you know, um, their production facilities there. And so that's a one up uh, on perception um, compared to like cake up, you know, as far as something to compare this to. But 1975, Eric Favre. Or Favre. Yeah, I was not sure if that was pronounced like the football player or, yeah, or like, like it's spelled. <laughs> yeah, like if he is, yeah, so F-A-V-R-E. Um, he was an employee at Nestle, 
and uh, he was actually um, at a coffee shop or coffee bar near the Pantheon in Rome. Um, if any of you've been to the Pantheon in Rome, super cool. Um, and you're just going through these tiny little Italian streets, and all of a sudden it like pops out. And I mean, it's it's the Pantheon, um, and uh, so he noticed that this particular shop had way more customers. And um, for better or worse, or for true or false, the story goes that he was wondering what well, was the difference. And these are the old espresso machines you'll still see these used a lot in Europe you don't see it as much in the U.S. but like where they would pull down the lever the piston to pull the espresso shot and he noticed that this particular cafe was like say for example pulling it down like three times whereas the other shops were pulling it down you know once and to him that meant that it increased the or enhanced the flavor and that's where he started getting the idea and running with it a little bit. Yeah, and I think the crema on top was was a little bit more significant with yeah. those extra pumps as well. Yes, and so um, for one of oneers, if you don't know, crema is kind of that tan uh, foam that's on top of an espresso shot, um, and you definitely with Nespresso, you'll get. And again, we'll get into this in a second. I don't. I don't know. If traditionally we would call what's on top of an espresso shot crema or not, but um, they call it crema, and it does look like visually it's the it, same. Visually, it I mean, yeah, it looks like crema. Close. It is it is a lot more crema, true than what you know you see on a just traditional you know espresso shot. And honestly, again, as an aside, and you know, stealing some of the thunder from history part here. Um, the Nespresso part of part of how it gets its extraction so fast. Part of it is the how fine the 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 coffee is ground, but the other thing is that it spins the capsule. Like it'll spin the capsule up to seven thousand RPMs, and as a, almost like a centrifuge. Wow. You know, and so that's where you're getting, like, even if you look at anybody who's ever had just anything that's a shaken espresso-based thing, I mean, it, you, like, even if you just do that, just do it like a shaken espresso, you'll see we'll call foam, you know, on the top, um, which I personally think is a similar to, thing to what they're calling crema because it's, it's such an extreme agitation of... Right, it makes sense. You know the thing or the coffee itself. But anyway, so he went back to Nestle and long story short, you know, helped invent the Nespresso system. Um, And uh, like Jay was saying a second ago, um, they contracted out different companies like Krupp's and Alessi and Phillips and Siemens and DeLonghi for a long time to, um, kind of build their machines and like we talked about last week the with Keurig and with Nespresso um, they tried to ultimately get to where um, the goal was um, 
get the machine in people's hands and then make the money yeah, off the pods. And one interesting thing, and I, I'd be curious to see what your thoughts are on this, um, Jay, is is the way that – so Nespresso is very popular in Europe. Um, and, again, like anybody who's been listening, you've, you've heard me say over the last few episodes, we went there recently, and, man – they they are great at marketing. I mean, like they they really uh, like like you would go into um, we'll say Selfridges in London, which is the equivalent of going to like Macy's uh-huh. in you know New York City, and right next to um, Le Creuset and your Tog Hoyer watches mm-hmm. and your fine china, you know, there's a section. In this, you know, fine, you know, whatever store, department store, for like Nespresso, for like pods, okay, and like, and even if you know, I mean, you know, because you get both, you get the K cups and and the Nespresso capsules at home. Like the packaging is sleeker, you know, it just the marketing feel comes comes off as like, I mean, they they've they've tried to market themselves and. As like high end, right? And until fairly recently, they were a little bit harder to find. Yes, as opposed to you know in the U.S. Grocery, in the U.S., yeah, you yeah. find pods everywhere. But for the for the Keurig, but when I first got my machine, I had to order them from Nespresso, which was fine because yeah. they had the probably the biggest variety. And then down the road, I discovered oh well, Bed Bath and Beyond has. Oh, of course, there's no Bed Bath and Beyond yeah. anymore. But <laughs> that's right. Strike that out, but. But I have found them at local stores recently, but not nearly. You still have to look for them. So I don't know if that creates sort of a little bit of a, not demand, but a little uh, air of distinction that yeah. it's a little bit harder to come by. Yeah. So it adds a little, you know, oomph to the, yeah. to the game. Yeah, and I and that part, I don't know if it's purposeful or not, but it does, you're right, add to the air of, you know, we have a higher end you know, machine. And that's the market that they're trying to go for. And so one thing different that they did compared to Keurig is, you know, they have concept stores. And so like, like again, in these places where um, they have like a, a Vera Bradley store and then a, um, you know, whatever high end clothing Versace and like whatever, again, right next to it, is a Nespresso store. Yeah, Nespresso Boutique, actually, is one word that I came across. <laughs> yes. And the closest one Super to us is Atlanta, going one direction, and yeah. maybe Houston or Dallas the other direction. Um, they're few and far between in the United States. Yes. But all over Europe. I'm and their goal are it, uh, in those shops is, is just association. Mm-hmm. Like, if you actually go in those shops, like, they're not selling you know, pods like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's a very, very high likelihood that they're not making a profit on any of these concept stores as opposed to, like, they, it's, it's perception. Like, they want you to associate it with these other high-end brands. Well, when I, I don't shop at high-end uh, areas in Atlanta very often, but just from the address – of yeah. this boutique, I could tell that it was in one of those places. Yes, yes, you're right. Um, and uh, so, you know, 
they so they did you know eventually come over to the U.S. It was kind of hard to get into the market, you know, because Keurig dominated. And then, like we talked about earlier, um, they added later within the last you know probably five to eight years um, the Virtuo line and to 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 compensate a little bit and and add the ability to have that drip coffee, which is what the American default is. Which so if is you're kinda, looking for one machine to do it all, you could now. But when I bought mine, that wasn't an option. Right. Um, and you know, when you look at like, and we talked about this with the K cups, but like your ecological impact, you know, recycling, um, you want to kind of give your experience with that as far as a company? Yeah. I think Nespresso has been a little bit more proactive with that. Um, the capsules are mostly aluminum. And so apparently just from what I read, the uh, aluminum is, much easier to recycle and more commonly recycled than the particular plastic that's in the K-Cup pod, possibly. So you got that going for you. But also, I ordered uh, just a, I probably ordered 10 uh, boxes of, of cake, uh, espresso capsules. Um, you know, I got a little free gift and everything, all the things that you get. Yeah. And one of the things that comes with it when you order is uh, a bag that you can throw all your used uh, Nespresso capsules in and send it back postpaid to the company and they'll recycle it. In fact, I got a little, um, what you call a vegetable peeler. Yeah. Uh, with, with my package one time that was made from recycled Nespresso capsules. That was kind of a interesting. Thing. Yeah. So, so it was part of the little gift pack that came with my, you know, buy so many, get this free. Yeah. So they, so they, they are doing it. They're yeah. telling you the story. Yeah. So they're giving, yeah. they're recycling themselves. They're, they're giving you the option to do it without, with as minimal effort as possible. You don't even have to take it apart. Coffee, used coffee goes in there as well. You just throw it all in. And yeah. I haven't sent any back yet, but I'm, my, my wife would very much like me to get that tub full of pods out of her yeah. <laughs> kitchen. Yeah. You know, again, Europe versus America, there's definitely more of an awareness and has been for decades of environmental sustainability long-term. Um, and that that's more in the everyday heart of Europeans compared to Americans across the board. And so rightfully so, and smartly so, um, Nestle or Nespresso has tried, you know, again, granted it's a big company, but has tried to market itself with that, those thoughts in mind. Yeah. Whether or not people actually do it, I haven't seen numbers, but the opportunity right. is there more readily yeah and 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 like that's one thing that i kind of appreciated when i first got you know my first shipment of the nespresso stuff was i didn't think to get the recycled things then but it said hey next time you order like just throw some bags we'll, we'll throw some recycling bags in and you collect them and send them back to us like like free, like, you know, you don't do anything. We'll do it for you. And, um, yes, it's a price that they incur, but I'm sure that just even just the concept, even without people doing it, more than pays for that. Yeah, goodwill. There's some goodwill built up in that. Right, yeah. And just as an aside, the other day I did – 
um, my carbon footprint to like okay. to like see like like how much like how sustainable is my living like and how much am I overstepping my bounds as far as like usage versus renewability <laughs> and it gave it gave it in um like months like if you started at January mm-hmm. um how far you could get into the year before you had met your your yearly neutral uh-huh. for sustainability um and I think I got to March oh gosh <laughs> and I thought I was I mean I thought I was doing good and so you probably are well it's really got me curious um especially in America um, with like how much we probably are overstepping our bounds of, you know, renewable resources and sustainability as we move towards trying to leave this world a better place for our children and their children, you know, like are, are, are they going to look back and say that we were the ones that, had all this great whatever, and now they have to live like this. They're having to deal with our yeah consequences of our lifestyle. Yeah, and and I don't know. I've I've even thought about, and again, we'll talk we'll talk about Nespresso here in a second. But I've even thought about um, getting like getting with you know an actual like person or company that does this and say, okay, like like. Give me the questionnaire, like, and and then you tell me, like, give me a three year goal mm-hmm. of like change this, change this, change this to get me back, get me to neutral. <laughs> Do you ever think about stuff well, like I that? Well, I didn't until the other day. Actually, it's funny you said that because I ordered a piece of clothing that was made from organic, sustainable cotton or something along those lines, and yeah. I ordered it, and a day or two later, I got an email from them with the environmental impact statement for myself based on this piece of clothing that I bought. Okay. How it whatever they did behind the scenes or whatever had impacted my carbon footprint score. Yeah. So I haven't read the whole PDF, but um it, apparently it's something you can join and mm. input into and you could probably go crazy with it if you wanted to. So I was just thinking there's several companies out there like this, but uh one that I really like just cuz I like bright colors is uh Cotopaxi. Um, I don't know if you've ever had, um, I'll, uh, y'all can't see this, but I'm going to show Jay while we're talking here, but very, very colorful, um, stuff like super cool. Oh, okay. But, yeah. um, I think, and don't quote me on this cause I couldn't look it up fast enough while we we're talking, but I think that they use, um, recycled, um, like parachute material Interesting. or something like uh-huh. that. I, some, it's, it's some kind of. You know, they do something for good. Anyway, so I like to support them and companies like that. But none of that has to do, or maybe it does, with Nespresso. Big picture thinking it does. I think it does. Yeah. And um, so any other thoughts on the, like, environmental stuff as far as Nespresso or Nespresso? I just appreciate the fact that they're thinking about it and thought about it more or less from the beginning. Right. So, you know, that, and I'm going to. Eventually, I'll send them my bag of capsules back. Yeah. And I will say just to kind of balance out um, this talk so that it's not like, you know, Nestle is, you know, saving the world. Uh, as a company, they're really good at marketing. 
Um, and they wouldn't be that they wouldn't be as big as they are if they weren't. I mean, it's a multi-billion-dollar company just with Nespresso. Um, you know, not not even counting anything else that Nestle has. Well, they probably have a well. That's not probably. They have a large amount of products that doesn't have the three letters N E S in front of it that right. that are obvious. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and I have heard, you know not good stories about, you know, Nestle as a as a company when it comes to actual like what I call boots on the ground with working directly um with, you know, coffee farmers, although on the marketing end it all looks, you know, cookie cutter and perfect. Um so we'll just kind of leave that out there as kind of like a balance. Um but I do think they have an awareness that Customers are concerned about, um, you know, environmental sustainability um, and ecological impact and stuff like that. So Every little bit. Stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. All right, 101ers out there, I'm not even going to use this promo spot for promo i just want to say thank you i want to say thank you for listening i want to say thank you for telling a friend i want to say thank you for giving us a rating katie and i read the ratings and we enjoy uh reading that and we enjoy talking with y'all on social media um, through humble coffee and their social media handles and so we just love that we have the opportunity to um you know kind of teach you a little bit about coffee so just want to say thank you all right let's get back to the show well let's talk about the cup itself okay just straight up off the top of your head or like if you're picking in the morning um we won't even take we won't even talk about the good stuff like a pour over air press or whatever but if you had to pick between a K-cup, any size, and Nespresso, any size, like what would you go with? Well, just this is very recent thing that I've done. I don't really enjoy, like I have an espresso in my hand right now from a coffee shop. Yeah. And it's a distinct difference than the... Or you uh, have an espresso. I have an espresso. <laughs> what did yeah. I say? <laughs> you said you have an espresso from oh, a I'm, coffee I shop. I have an espresso or an yeah. espresso. I've never been sure... It's a it's a es with the es okay I've yeah. got an espresso it's, in it's my made hand. fast but it's not espresso <laughs> right. yes and then I had one last night from my machine uh-huh. and and it's definitely different so I feel like what I do at home is almost always going to be mixed with some sort of of milk or dairy or oat or yeah. whatever I've got and what I did last night I made a more or less a cortado um, with some oat milk creamer. Uh, and it was really good. Yeah. Then I just had a straight shot, and it was all right, but it's not something I'm going to go to all the time. Yeah. But then yesterday morning, and sort of thinking about the different things you could do with an espresso shot, uh, I did two shots from the machine, which I don't know if that's double dopio or or if it's just two shots. Or, we will talk about that, but go ahead. Two, whatever comes out with the single shot of the machine, I did that twice, and then I have kind of a, gosh, a, a small, it's a travel mug, but it's not a huge one. 
and I just filled it up with um, hot water from my kettle mm-hmm. and basically made an Americano, although I don't know if I used the right ratios, but essentially an Americano <laughs> of sorts. Yes. And it was nice. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, that was fine, and I'll probably do that again. Okay. Um, but as far as just me slugging a, a shot in the morning, it's it's going to be probably mixed with something. Okay, so what do you think about the crema in general and and also I guess more of that than that I'm asking like the amount of crema on it does that like does that enhance it for you does does it bother you does it get in like or are you do you not care I don't know how much difference it makes and I will say when you go back to the the marketing aspect of it you know when I put it in my espresso sponsored glass cup yeah it's a beautiful aesthetically yeah you know it has those those layers and it looks great yeah and i don't know you may have some comment on this my son very much into coffee told me he had heard that you're actually supposed to mix it up because the crema itself can be a little more bitter than the coffee and so you're supposed to mix it together before you drink it i don't know if that's a real thing or not so but no it's pretty but i don't know that it makes a difference in my palate yeah, so I guess a couple of things. So on that question or point, um, yes, a lot of people will mix it. Um, technically, the crema um, is there's a surfactant in coffee itself that will keep the um, I think it's carbon dioxide that ha- that is trying to escape. Um, the actual coffee itself, and and that's that's what's making it bubble and kind of um, froth up at the top, and it is bitter. Um, and uh, I read that it was the crema was a combination of micro air bubbles and the natural soluble oils of the coffee. So does that fit yeah. into what you're? Yeah, I'm just using a more technical, but yes, that's that's basically what it is. Um, and then it is a little bitter. The crema by itself. So you could do two things. One thing I personally do is I don't mix in the crema, whether it's a double sh- a dopio or espresso shot in a coffee shop or this quote double shot from you know Nespresso. Um, I will let however much of it comes into my mouth when I just take a sip. Mm-hmm. You know I, that's what I do. Um, Mine and your good friend, uh, Stefan Tribble, who's been on the show several times, he will do that first sip with some of the crema to take in, Mm -hmm. and then the next sip, or the rest of it, he mixes the crema in. Okay. Kind of like what your son was saying. So. Okay. That's one way to think about it. Well, like I said, it makes a pretty Instagram picture. Yeah. But. I'm not sure I have the palate to, to differentiate yeah. creme or no creme. Well, and so um, one good point, whether it's Nespresso or it's something at Starbucks or whatever, um, a lot of these companies aren't big because they make ugly drinks, <laughs> you know? I mean, they right. know they know that part of the process uh, for a lot of people is the aesthetics, you know, so so if you can, in whatever way, and I'm sure there's some study somewhere that's shown this, enhance mental health, mood, whatever you want to say, because 
your whether it's how your food is set up on your plate um, or how your coffee looks in a clear container, um, there's something to be said about that. Well, I've definitely seen that in the food realm. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can have a perfectly great tasting pile of something that looks like a pile of something, and, yeah. and but it can taste great. But that how you see it, how you perceive it, is definitely going to affect the way you receive the taste. That's yep. a good point. Yep. And so, um, so let me dive in a little bit on. We talked about with Nespresso that it works differently than a K-cup in that at least the more up-to-date lines um, or machines, they'll actually read a UPC or like a label on the on the lower rim of the capsule itself, and that will tell them like what kind, if it's a single-shot, double-shot, Lungo, or even more. Um now, as an interesting aside, there are rumblings about um, if that's going to be some kind of, um, what do you call it, where um, you're the only one in the anti-compete, it's not anti-compete, uh, what do you call it? Monopoly. Non-compete, yeah, monopoly. Uh, there are rumblings if there's going to be an issue uh, moving forward with them having some kind of monopoly by, you know, the machine only mm-hmm. reading or registering one of their capsules. So you have to buy it from them. I mean, okay, Keurig had a problem with that at one point, too. So I can see where people would get, you know, uh, I think their their patents on the original machine have more or less expired so other people can make them. But but what you're talking about, having to read a barcode, that's a, that's a whole other level. So Right. Yeah, so when that same thing, when that patent runs out, then, like, you know, can other people get in the market? And they sh- theoretically should be able to, but it'll it'll always be a fight. That's mm-hmm. just part of it. Um, but then they will spin, you know, up to, like I said, 7,000 revolutions per minute. And that centrifuge, and it's shaped differently on the Virtuo machines, um, that centrifuge that it creates helps increase the pressure, which then increases the speed of extraction. Um, and so that's also as an aside where you get that crema, um, which we talked about earlier. So that said, here's the interesting part to me, um, is I actually measured out how much ground coffee was in, like what they market as a double shot. So, and it was about 10 grams, a double shot of espresso is about 18 grams. So you're actual you're not getting anything close to a double shot. And that kind of as far as the coffee itself, right? Right. Okay. But it's marketed as a double shot espresso. Yeah, I think the pods what I read on the on the original pods is like 5 to 7 grams of coffee in that little original espresso pod. Yeah, that's probably like a single. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a single, but it should be it should be like 8 to 10 grams for a single shot like like a like a double shot should be 18 grams that's significant. and so and so that's a that's a big jump um and anyway it kind of irritates me a little bit you know that it's marketed as a double shot but it's it's not it's not a double shot um and so you know that's why 
like when you were talking a little earlier about, um, I think you said you put two double shots together to make a Americana. Right. It's really like you're putting just a little over a straight up double shot to your usual like so you you probably did about the right ratio. It's just accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Which is you know, to me just super interesting. Um now as far as like total dissolved solids, um, for an espresso, you should those percent like total dissolved solids should actually be somewhere between eight and twelve. And the TDS that I got, uh, and I did it for a couple of double shots, was around 3.64. Wow. So to me, so what that's saying is that it's significantly, it's significantly under-extracted. Okay. And so, so, so you got two different ways that you can look at stuff. Is One is you can say, oh, that's under-extracted and that's terrible and, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. The other way you could look at it is you could say it's not extracted to the definition of a double shot espresso and either I like it or I don't like it, you know? Right. So if you like it, then who cares? And for people like me, you know, in a perfect world, I would have the time and the budget in the counter space to have a real espresso machine at home. Yeah, I do not at this time, <laughs> and, and and it's a lot and of work. Don't. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and you know we'll put a link in the show notes to uh, the espresso episode we did, which has had lots and lots and lots of listens, probably more than any episode we've ever done. Um, but it's a completely different beast when you're looking at pressure mm-hmm. and you know the moving parts and right. So for somebody like me who doesn't have the doesn't have that at home. <clears throat> then it's a good alternative to get close to that. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't pretend to say that I really feel like I have an espresso machine at home. I have a <laughs> Nespresso machine. Yes. And I can, you know, if I spent more than just Sunday morning sips on it, then I could probably dial in a little bit better ratio and, you know, how many different capsules I need. And I could probably tell the difference between a, Rwandan capsule and an Ethiopian capsule and and the ones that are designed to go with milk and the ones that are designed to go over ice they have it all they do have it all but yeah they're good is there really a difference I don't know well it's the same way with Starbucks when you're talking about Ethiopian versus Rwandan or whatever anything that is a darker roast they're all going to taste like dark roast like that's like flavors merge you know when you're moving from to like medium and dark roast, no matter what, um, it's where your light roast, that's where you tell the differences. Right. Um, and, um, so yeah. So what I would say is kind of a, my final thought on Nespresso is again, if you like it, if it balances convenience and quality and it keeps you curious about, coffee thumbs up you know we're happy i'm happy with that um humble coffee is happy you know that you know that's where you are in your coffee walk um and and i would also say there is no at least for me there is no then you graduate to this then you graduate to this um 
I would just say that there's a spectrum across the board of priorities um, in coffee and uh, preferences as far as tastes go. Excuse me. And I I think there, I haven't purchased one of these, but I have seen advertised the same sort of thing with Nespresso that you can do with the Keurig, which is buy a pod that's reusable and, and fill it with your own coffee. I have not tried that yet. I don't know how expensive they are or, or where to even get one. I think it's out there. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's the footprint, you know, in my kitchen, you know, it's taking up a half a square foot of space and my wife approves of that. Yeah. It doesn't get in anybody's way. And, um, again, the, the process of it, the ease of use and you pop the pot in, you hit the button and you go, um, it's a passive, passive kind of thing where you can be doing something else. Of course, it didn't take very long for that shot to come out. Yeah. But I'll play with it too. I'll take even, you know, you can buy pods that are supposedly uh, good for, I think, Ristretto, yeah. the Dopio, and the, or whatever, the regular shot and the, and the Lungo. Lungo. Yeah. And mine just has the two, but some of the pods will tell you you can use this pod for either yeah. of these three or, or for Lungo. And so, but a lot of times I'll just, if I'm not looking for something super strong, I'll run the regular pod and hit the Lungo setting and then add my little bit of cream and I have, you know, essentially a cappuccino of sorts, you know, it's yeah. a little bit more water to the same amount of coffee. So, yeah. So I, th- I think for somebody like me, it's a great alternative. Um, it's not going to match, uh, an espresso shot from a shop. Right. But it's good for what I need it to do at the yeah. moment. And then you can go to your local coffee shop and right. you can get that shot and it does taste different. For sure. Yeah. Well, um, any other final thoughts on Nespresso? I think we've covered a lot of it. I think for me, the what I want to do now that I've kind of thought about it some more and talked to you about it some more, I want to I want to play with the recipe some more. I want to figure yeah. out my, my Americano ideal ratios, and I want to figure out, is there a pod out there that I could fill myself? I, I fear that I would get the pod and or the capsule i keep using the wrong word the same thing the filler up yourself capsule and um you know i don't know i'm sure there would be a grind difference you know there's all kinds of things you can do to tweak it but as we said before in the previous episode with keurig once you've done that little bit of homework then it's done yeah and, and you can move forward and it goes back to being fast um you know i don't have a lot of options on my machine but i do have a lot of different size cups and jars and things that I can add to it and the frother and yeah. all those kind of things that will, that'll add to it. So I feel like for the money, you probably, this the old adage, you get what you pay for. Right. You know, you could pay thousands of dollars for a super duper espresso machine on your countertop. Um, but that's not going to happen at my house. Yeah. Um, I'll go to the coffee shop though often enough to get, to get my fix. Yeah. You could get a lot of espresso shots for that cost you know, of having it at home without the disadvantage of having to clean that machine. Goodness gracious, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, you know, economically it makes sense in a coffee shop, you know, because they're just cranking through, you know, shot after shot during the day. But um, we talked about it a little bit last time. You're a foodie. That's right. And uh, you have a blog that's right. And you have um, a social media handle, and we'll jump to that, but I will quickly remind everybody, if they didn't listen to last uh, episode, go back and listen to the one on K-Cups. Um, I had Jay in the studio then as well, um, 
he has a couple of podcasts. Um, Men of a certain age, is that right? Guys of a certain guys age. of a certain age, um, which is kind of uh, geekery on anything that starts with star something or you know some kind of superhero whatever, and then another called Vittles and Vitals, um, which is kind of more foodie or type food oriented. stuff. I think we did a, a, an episode or two on coffee as well back back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, and then um, Eats One Eight. So that's E A T S. O N E A T E. Um, that would be the website for the blog. Right, eats18.com. Eats18.com. And that would be the handle for social media. Yeah. Instagram and whatever Twitter is now, that should be at <laughs> eats18 as well. Yes. And, um, you know, I'll, um, I will, uh, hand it to you. Um, you're a pretty good writer. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, you you may think that nobody actually like reads your stuff, but uh, I have read several times, and you've done for where we are, um, local paper, uh, newspaper. You know, you used to do stuff. Do you still do stuff with them? Uh, I'm not writing for the paper anymore, but I still write for uh, Eat Eat Drink Mississippi magazine. Gotcha. So I still dabble in the writing. Yeah. So Jay. Jay is is not just good on audio. He's he's a good writer too. So check out Eats One Eight, especially if you're a foodie and you probably are if you're listening to Coffee One Hundred One. And um, that's all I got today. I appreciate you coming on. Well, thanks for having me. This has been fun. All right. I thought that was pretty thorough. What do you think? Hey, I like it even better now. You like it even better or me even better? Um, it. <laughs> because your love for me is infinite. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. So we learned that a double shot by is just for Nespresso is just marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a double shot. Mm-hmm. Um. But at least people know now, right. so they they the don't have to know. be scared if be they have educated. a Nespresso machine. They don't have to be scared to like do two of those double shots, yeah. um, you're still going to be below, you know, what we would consider, you know, your Caffeine limit level. Yeah. For the day. And, um, yeah. So that's it. That's Nespresso. That's it. Well, we were a lot more awake for this episode. Yeah. Than, than the last, last one. one. Yeah, we had a little more caffeine in our system. Yeah. But we didn't drink an espresso today. We did not. We didn't I did drink, not. We did not drink a K-cup. I did not. What did you have today? And then we'll let the one-on-oneers um, go. I'll tell you what I had. I actually had a latte from the shop where okay. we record. Okay. I picked it up, like, on the way in here. And it's good. What Cade it Smith made it for me. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Cade. Shout Ooh. out to Cade. It's good. It has, um, I don't like drinking, like, eating or drinking anything, like, too sugary in the morning. Yeah. But I did get this. It's like, it's a surprise drink, yeah. and it has, I think it's butterscotch and white chocolate, I think. It's a good combo. But it's good. Yeah. So. Well, I had um, a Honduras natural processed that oh. was a light roast on an AeroPress. So fancy. That was... I don't know the calculation on this, but it was 18 grams coffee uh-huh. to 150 milliliters of water. 
Um, so a pretty high or a pretty concentrated ratio somewhere between obviously an espresso and drip. Sounds um, intense. It's, it is intense, but, but what it did is it helped um, really kind of bring what I call the flavor out. Um, and so, yeah, it was a couple of beans that I've been kind of experimenting with yeah. at the house. Nice. So it was good. good that was you. my cup. And so now I'm ready for the day. Just like our one on one are. So because they're ready for the day. I'm so glad that y'all are ready for the day. They can go and give us a rating. And they, if you want, if you it's want your to, choice. Yeah, your choice. But it's um, a good choice. You do you. And um, you could tell a friend about Coffee 101. Yeah. Show keeps growing, mm-hmm. um, which is always kind of fun to see. And uh, we enjoy doling out the education. Yes. All right. Love y'all. See you next time on Coffee 101.